0: Welcome back to the Barca Breakdown. My name is Adam. What an amazing win 4-1 for FC Barcelona at La Real. At I mean, just a crazy, crazy game. I think it's back, ladies and gentlemen. We can start to say Fati Mania, making uh, just an incredible substitution right, I think, around the 70th minute. And Fati comes on. He delivers two assists, a great back heel to Dembele, a great assist in tight spaces to Lewandowski. And then he goes on and scores his own goal. Uh, Anzu Fati is really the story of the game, along with Lewandowski scoring two goals. After his 34th birthday, finally getting into that good form we need. And let's face it, right? We needed a big win like this today, 4-1. Because after Ryo, we had had a lot of um, disappointment, I think. We'd come into this season with so much expectation. And then to see us suffer against a low block, like we mentioned on this thread here in Twitter, at Barca Breakdown, please check us out. And uh, follow our Twitter. But, you know, we had had an issue with the low block. Uh, the midfield as well didn't look too good in this game, uh, in, in the Ryo game, uh, until Frankie de Jong came in. And so we were left kind of wondering, what would Javi do? And even though this game will be highlighted because it was a big 4-1, uh, you know, away at Anoeta, and because Fatih, Lewandowski, and Dembele all scored, it has to be said that this was a pretty awful tactical game from the get-go. I think anyone who was watching saw in that first 60 minutes, it was it was really abhorrent. Um, it felt like we had not put a lot of players in the best position for them to succeed, right? We again had uh, Ronald Araujo at right back. We saw him uh, suffer. We had Frankie de Jong as the single pivot which was not a good decision because, as we saw on that goal by Alexander Isak, he uh, Frankie held on to the ball too long, and, and it just wasn't quick enough with his passing, and unfortunately got crowded by, I think, Kubo and David Silva. But let's get into the lineup and kind of where the issues of this game started, right? We had a unique lineup because, in many ways, I think it was like a 3-4-3. At times, you know, Frankie de Jong was the sole pivot. At times, Pedri was with him. Um, and so, you know... Looking at a 3-4-3, right in the back three, we had Eric Garcia, Christensen, and Araujo. And then in the four, we had Balde, Gavi, Frankie de Jong, Pedri. And then up front, it was Dembele, Lewandowski, and Ferran Torres. This structure in the lineup we had is a little bit hard to characterize because at times it seemed like it was disorganized and players weren't entirely comfortable with where they were sliding in. I think Ferran Torres in particular was uh, not placed in a position for him to do well because we saw him oftentimes in the middle uh, up front with Lewandowski, sometimes playing just behind Lewandowski, and he really didn't have a chance to shine at all in this game. I know there's going to be a lot of people criticizing Ferran Torres and saying how he clearly should start. Uh, sh- he clearly should not start and is behind the pecking order of Lewandowski, Dembele. Rafinha, and Anzu Fatih, and even though I think that is true, I think it it is important for us to have some patience with Ferran Torres. He only played, I believe, in that first game of the preseason, and so he hasn't really had a chance to get match ready, and I think it's questionable that Xavi decided to start him here in a game that we knew was going to be tight, and when we had already, you know, drawn the first game at the uh, Spotify camp new. And so you know again, right? Like I mentioned, Araujo at right back was a uh, was not very good. We saw there was some huge issues in our defensive structure. Not only was it that Frankie de Jong was holding on to the ball too long, but we saw a giant gulf in between Christensen and Araujo that um, you know was exploited many times by the Real Sociedad who. You know, they, they played very well. I think if you watch that first half and, and they, you see the end score, Real Sociedad are going to go home not being – or they are home, but not going to be very happy with, with how the performance ended uh, because this is one of those games where the scoreboard doesn't entirely match the rhythm of how the team went. Um, you know, that first half, right, we get immediately uh, – Uh, We get a counter where Pedri in tight space gets the ball out to Balde, and then he runs all the way up the field and passes it to Lewandowski, who has a great finish for that first goal within the first minute. And you have that first goal come in, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, everyone was right, right, all across social media, everyone who was saying Balde must play. Jordi Alba has not started the preseason or the season well. He needs to be benched. And you come out and you see Balde make that assist, and I I was sitting there thinking to myself, Holy moly this is awesome right this is exactly what we want we want to get Lewandowski with the the ball in a in a a chance to finish right that's something we had mentioned on our last episode is that we need to get Lewandowski more of the ball near the net where he can you know use his ability as a historic finisher and and put the ball away. And that's what happened. And so you leave that thinking, wow, Barca are back. Things are going really well. You know, Xavi's went a little bit crazy with this lineup, but we we appreciate it. And then what starts to happen is Real Sociedad start to take it to us. And again, we find a situation um, not to beat a dead horse, but Frankie de Jong as a pivot, it's not his best position. And every time he subs in for Busquets in that spot, he doesn't play to the level we expect. He has a high profile mistake that leads to a goal immediately. And then you see some similar, Issues that we had seen in the last game emerge from, you know, minute zero to minute basically 60 when we started to make subs. And, and what we saw was that the midfield was really non-existent for Barca, right? And I think that's the point that a lot of people are going to continue to be upset about is like we really haven't figured out a way this season to structure our you know, our our defense and our midfield so that we can play through the middle. It seemed like we were doing a lot of, you know, huffing the ball from the back line or from Ter Stegen forward to try and get the ball out to our our wingers or to get it to Ball Day. Um, And it, it just... It left a lot to be desired because anytime we lost the ball or they hit us on the counter, we were just so exposed with three at the back. I'm not sure if it's because the team hasn't had a lot of time to practice that way, but Real Sociedad did a great job of taking it to us and uh, you know putting us in a position to be really threatened. Uh, there was also an opportunity there, I think, somewhere you know in the first 15 minutes where Dembélé had a little bit of an elbow that he gave a, a La Real player, and you know I thought he could have received a red card. Thankfully today the 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 refs, you know, ruled what I think was fairly in our favor. But on another day, Dembele really could have seen himself hurt. Um, And, you know, the first half ends with a lot of questions about Xavi, right? A lot of questions about how he had set us up tactically. Uh, like I mentioned, there was a big question about whether or not we'd put our players in the best position for them to to thrive. I think one thing that we had mentioned after the Rio game is that we really wanted to see Dembele stick to the sidelines more and get some crosses in, hopefully to Lewandowski to score a header. we you know, we'd been thinking about how Aubameyang and Dembele in that awesome February and March period of 2020 were really connecting when Dembele was running down the sidelines, cutting it in, uh, the ball in and, and hitting Obamiang Dem- uh, for hopefully a header or a close-range shot that he scored against you know, Real Madrid, for example. But in the first week against Rayo, we had seen when Dembele and Rafinha were on the pitch together, both of them tended to dribble inwards and try and connect with each other. And it's good to see them have a connection early on. But unfortunately, with Rayo playing that low block, it really blocked us out uh, in the middle of the field and, and, and it kind of stifled us. And in this game, you saw Dembele stick to the wing more. You saw Balde as well sticking up on that left side, and, and they were able to create some, some havoc there. But overall, the first game was was really not anything like we had expected. Um, coming into such a big game, I didn't think Xavi would take so many chances, right? Three at the back was something we'd seen like over a year ago with Komen that we were pretty happy about. And I remember in the build-up to Xavi coming back to Barca, there was some talk about how at Alsad he had, you know, effectively used a three at the back system. But it just didn't seem like Araujo... Uh, is ready for it or at least has enough experience playing there. I remember when Koeman was, was coaching and we did three at the back, it was mostly Mingueza who played on that right center back spot, and he looked, you know, fairly comfortable for a time. But Araujo, again, it just feels like every week we keep saying to ourselves, Araujo is an elite center back. Let's keep him in the center paired with hopefully Christensen who, again, uh, you know, had a bit of an invisible game, but as a defender, that can oftentimes be a really good thing, right? That that we're not talking about Christensen too often because he's doing a good job of defending and keeping, you know, d- the the defense in front of him and not letting them through, Um so that's why I hope when Kunde is signed, and again, that's a big issue we're facing right now, is that Kunde has not yet been signed by the team officially, according to La Liga, because we need to still make some sales of Depay and Dest and whoever else we're going to sell to to officially sign him. I'm hoping Kunde can take over on that either right back in the back four or that right center back in the back three position, and and show us some success. When you get into the second half, I was a little bit nervous, guys. I'm not going to lie. I was sitting there thinking to myself, well, the first half had gone so clearly uh, bad, and we had had such little control of the game and ability to kind of make our mark throughout that I thought it was a no-brainer for Xavi to make some substitutions. And unfortunately, we saw again that Xavi did not, right? He waited until I think it was like the 60th minute or so to put in Anzu Fati and then to put in as well... um, Rafinha for Baldé, and and that was a, a very interesting choice, right? The first 15 minutes did not pan out too well, I, again, because our players, I think, were not ready for the system we tried to initiate, and because, you know, Frankie de Jong as a pivot didn't work, Gavi looked uh, pretty invisible in that first 60, 70 minutes, because it just, again, it was not being put into a position for him to succeed. I felt like he didn't exactly know where he, where he was supposed to be. He was making runs into the box a lot that weren't... Uh, you know, able to be connected by like Dembele or Lewandowski or Balde. And so, you know, we, we put in Rafinha and we put in Fati and we take out Balde and we take out uh, Farron Torres and the game totally changed on its head. It was a really bold move by Xavi because you take out Balde, who, you know, provides a decent amount of de- defensive cover and you put in Rafinha for him and then you switch Dembele to be up on that left wing. And I was really scared. Right. Because now it's like we have, OK, up front, we have Rafinha, Dembele, Fati, Lewandowski. Right. That's four attacking players who are really going to go out and try and score a goal. And I, I was worried that Real Sociedad would catch us on a counter again and expose us. But fortunately, everything worked out you know, pretty amazingly, right, Anzufati comes on, and immediately he's able to get a back heel assist to Uzman Dembele, who puts it in, and then that gives us the 2-1 lead, and that really helped us, I think, be more calm and uh, feel more confident, because a few minutes later, again, Pedri, who had a wonderful game, it must be said, whereas he was pretty invisible against Rayo in this game today for Barca, he, you know, made his mark a lot more, and he, he's able to pass the ball to, to uh, Fati who gets you know, a nice assist over to Lewandowski for his second goal of the game after his birthday. And then finally, a little bit later in the game, you know, Lewandowski gets gets the ball passed to him. He does a nice little almost Latan-like uh, assist in the air, and he feeds on Zufati, who puts it away. So, <sighs> the, I think there's a lot to be happy about and a lot to be sad about, right? And this is, you know, again, our match review right after the game. So, we'll take a few days. As you guys have already seen, Yus is not here with me right above or below me. Um, He is on a little bit of a trip he's coming back he's actually watching the game while i'm recording this and then we're going to do a more in-depth twitter thread which will be posted later tonight at Barster breakdown and then we'll do you know a more in-depth video midweek to kind of cover when we're able to review the film and see what Javi was going for and why it didn't uh didn't pan out in that first 60 minutes what went wrong and maybe what we can do to you know not make the same mistakes again um, but w- really what it comes down to is this game was won by individual brilliance, right? You have Anzufati, Lewandowski, Pedri, Dembele up front and magical things happened, right? We, we I think clearly coming from this game, we're going to get... You know, the insight that Dembele, Fatih, Lewandowski is probably our strongest front three. I know Anzu is coming off his injury, of course, and we want to slowly get him back into the game. But it's looking clear to me that Ferran Torres is not uh, an out-and-out starter. Aubameyang should really be only used as a sub sometimes. And then I think Rafinha will get fairly regular play, either playing as a right winger or left winger, depending on Dembele or Fatih, who we decide to rest um, and then you know we had we didn't have Busi this game right we we've talked a decent amount about how Frankie De Young didn't work as a pivot again I don't think that's his strongest position and I think with Busi uh, you know back next game after serving the red card suspension from Rio he's going to be pivotable to help us get you know more control in the midfield and not feel so kind of like a headless chicken but I do think we really need to start what was our tried-and-true midfield for the last two seasons, right, which is Pedri, Busquets, and Frankie de Jong. I just feel Gavi is just not there yet, right? He's still that diamond in the rough, a player who we love, but a player who is not ready to start every single game, and, and especially not ready to start every single game in a tactical setup from Barca that we're not all comfortable with, right? I think that's kind of the big issue across the board, is that it feels like oftentimes a lot of our players are... Not ready for the system that Javi's putting out there. And then, especially as you have a younger and younger squad, which is, you know, part of what we've been so happy with Laporta and, uh, you know, over the last year is that we're getting younger and younger and we're getting out some of the old guard, right? This is the first game in a long time we don't have uh, Busquets, Alba, Piquet, or Sergio Roberto playing, right? I think it's the first time in years we've had that happen. But, you know, with youngsters, it can be a little bit hard if the the formation is not totally comfortable for them to come in and immediately understand where to position and how to get the ball going. And so I do think that Gavi should take a step back in the next few games and we should really let Fr- Frankie De Jong play more forward as that, you know, right-side midfielder uh, and then have Pedro as well playing. I think that's probably our best formation. And, and that's what I learned from this game, that, you know, Pedri is a phenom, and if we could clone Pedri three times and have him, you know, play every game uh, in all three positions, that would be wonderful. Um, and then Anzu Fati again, just proving why he's the number 10 of Barca and why he is... The man that we call Fatimania, uh, the man that we all love and respect so much, is because when he's healthy and when he's able to get game rhythm and play consistently, he can really be a world beater. He can be the player that can help lead Barca for the next 5 to 10 years, and we just got to keep praying that he'll be healthy. Um, other than that, you know, like I said, Eric Garcia was not bad today, right? On that first goal, it wasn't really his fault. It was more of a Frankie de Jong mistake that led up the first goal. Eric tried to make a last-minute tackle, Got an unfortunate deflection, and the ball went in the net. But other than that, I thought he played fairly solidly. You know, you continue to see with Eric Garcia his positive, right, which is that his passing ability uh, helps break through lines. And even in that last 20 to 30 minutes of the game, you saw him dribbling forward, trying to make passes to the the left winger a lot. And I think you know there is uh, something commendable about Eric Garcia. And I think there's there's a way for us to figure out how to play him effectively, but. Really, it's clear to me that Araujo and Christensen are our top two defensive center backs, And with how our defense has not looked entirely solid for the season to start, I really think we need to get more comfortable with the back four, probably using Koundé as a right back, possibly Sergino Dest, although, again, he was not called up to this game by Xavi. So we'll see how that tale ends. There's some rumors Dest might be sold to Manchester United, and I just really hope that Xavi has a plan besides using Araujo as that right back that can, uh, you know... Help us win games and help us look more sure-footed in defense when we're getting hit on the counters, which is going to happen game after game this season. So let me know in the comments what you guys think about this game. Um, did you feel the same way I did that Javi in the first 60 minutes got it tactically wrong? How do you? What do you think he was going for, and why do you think we were not able to play out the game plan he wanted? Hey, we leave this game 4-1 victory at Anoeta. It's hard to be upset, uh, but the, it's a work in progress, and you know we just can hope that we continue to improve offensively and we keep seeing those individual performances of Lewandowski, Fatih, Dembele, Rafinha um, continue to thrive and then we learn more about how to get this midfield and defense right because that's really what we need to see. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Please hit that subscribe button. We will see you guys this midweek going a little bit more in depth about the game. Thank you.